0: We advised that the information presented today is general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's individual circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Greece Financial Partners offers investment advisory services and is registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the advisory firm by the SEC, nor does it indicate that the advisory firm has attained a particular level of skill or ability.
1: Hello welcome to the Greece Financial Partners podcast. Rob Herman, joined by our Chief Investment Officer, Ken Brodkowitz. We've seen some volatility and market weakness in September. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening, Ken, in the markets. A lot of issues to dissect, but let's at a very high level dig into it. Take it away.
0: Good afternoon, and we will keep this brief. So first of all, as we've spoken to many of you individually, September to mid-October is always a seasonally very difficult time for the markets. In fact, it's kind of the only period that over the last 20 years has a predicted negative return. And, you know, we are coming out of that over the next couple of weeks. So seasonally, generally, uh, things are a little bit weak. As we entered September this year, the markets were a little bit overbought. Just means the markets were very high. Investor enthusiasm was very frothy. So we were due for a little bit of a pullback which doesn't mean we would get one, but we were due. So then we had a few issues come up. Number one is supply chain and inflation. Those are separate but related issues. As you all know, if you're trying to buy certain things, the supply chains are severely backlogged for a variety of reasons, including COVID outbreaks in manufacturing countries such as Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, et cetera. Uh, Labor shortages still, you you look at the ports of Los Angeles right now, there are still labor shortages. So supply chain is causing inflation. And in addition, we are seeing some very high inflation readings in terms of owner equivalent rents. You know whether it's single family homes or you know just rents uh, in apartment buildings. We're also seeing labor uh, wages go up. You know significantly. So that's caused the ten year Treasury to go from roughly one twenty five, one thirty to one fifty 150, to one fifty five. Still at a very low rate, and real rates are still negative. But the velocity of the move has caused a little bit of discomfort in the market. You know, In addition, you had the Evergrande situation in China, which uh, concerned the markets that there was gonna be a default uh, cycle coming out of the emerging markets. And you also had obviously a lot of political upheaval in this country with you know, the continuing resolution. Was there gonna be a government shutdown? Is there still gonna be a government shutdown? What's gonna happen with the infrastructure bill and the um, reconciliation package? So there's been a lot of uncertainty And that's really caused a lot of the volatility, you know, coupled with bad seasonals and an overbought market.
1: Right. And and Ken, when you think about let's take a a few of those on on to discuss further on Evergrande and what's coming out of China. Let's talk a little bit, certainly concerns, but it looks like um, the the concern has dissipated a bit. And that seems to be contained, although it's an ongoing situation. Uh, you might want to dig into that a little further. Yeah, listen, so China is a, is a
0: podcast and topic in and of itself. And when we have our quarterly review in, in late October, October 23rd, I believe, we'll go through it in more detail. But net net, this is not a Lehman moment. Evergrande is an issue for China and for Chinese property developers and certain debt holders. But we don't think there's any contagion um, you know, to markets outside of China. And we do think you know, the Chinese government has the wherewithal. To keep this issue contained. So look, is property overbuilt in, in China? Yes. Are, are values too high? Yes. Will they correct? Yes. But we think this is actually a very manageable issue uh, for the global markets. And if you know you look at our market, you know, through today up 16 and a half percent, you know, China's roughly flat on the year. So, so the mar- the general markets have discounted, you know, issues in China, you know, throughout this whole year.
1: Thanks, Ken. In talking a little bit more about what you referenced as it relates to Congress, a messy situation. It looks like um, we're punting a little bit further down the road to early December in terms of any potential uh, default issues. But it does look like Congress has a work cut out for us. Even within each party, there's uh, a wide variety of opinions on how to handle things like infrastructure and the broader spending bills. Um, What do we expect to see over the next month or two, um, again, the visibility is somewhat lacking there, but how do you see that, uh, you know, kind of playing out over the coming weeks, not necessarily in terms of outcomes, but just kind of next steps?
0: Yeah, look, in terms of outcomes, I'm not sure Nancy Pelosi could answer answer (laughs) what's going to happen next steps, you know, going forward. So Joe Manchin, who is, you know, kind of in the news a lot lately, who said he would not do more than a, a trillion and a half dollar reconciliation package. And he had many stipulations upon that in terms of fossil fuel requirements. And if you actually read what he wrote, it's, it's, it's pretty restrictive. So the market itself is breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief because if we did have a $3.5 trillion package on top of a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package, and obviously there were rumors out there that the true cost of the package was more like $5 trillion, Treasury has to issue debt. And that's coming at a time where the Fed is going to start tapering and the treasury capital account has kind of run dry. So there would be a lot of treasury issuance to come. So the market was fearful that interest rates would have uh, another knee-jerk reaction higher just due to a supply-demand imbalance. So I think the market you know, is up decently today. I think part of it is that we were oversold and part of it is a sigh of relief that the size and scope of these bills is gonna be far less than what was originally anticipated. How it all shake out, shakes out, we don't know. You know what happens to tax rates going forward? You know, I think we have a little bit of a framework, but you know, from a market's perspective, it, it seems like it's becoming something that the market can handle. You know, if the if the corporate tax rate goes from 21 to 25, you know, that's manageable. If you know capital gains rates go from kind of 23.8 to 28, again, manageable versus some of the um, things we were thinking about in the past. So I think the market is relatively happy with the direction with which things are going at the moment, but you know, a lot of volatility
1: to come. And, and just quickly, you, you referenced uh, the central bank. It seems like uh, it doesn't uh, indicate that there'll be any, any real false moves or any real surprises. The Fed has, has kind of um, stayed the course. Yes, tapering is coming. Yes, in 2022, uh, maybe a rise in rates, but, but nothing near term to really shake the markets in any meaningful way, Correct.
0: Uh, I I think that's correct. I mean, the Fed was a little bit more hawkish at their last communication. It seems like tapering, which again means buying fewer treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, is going to start in November. And if they do 10 trillion less of treasuries, billion rather less of treasuries per month and 5 billion less of mortgages per month, they should be done by July, August of next year. So our view and the market's view is that there won't be any rate hikes, certainly before tapering is done and the earliest you know conceivably rate hikes could happen would be fourth quarter of 2022 or first quarter of 2023 and you know candidly that's very far away you know we'll see where inflation is you know early to mid next year we'll see where gdp growth is next year our view is that gdp growth is going to have a meaningful step down next year for a variety of reasons one cuz stimulus is dissipating to some degree and two because uh, a lot of people and consumer demand should be satiated to some degree by then so We'll see what happens in rate hikes i think the market's very comfortable with the pace of tapering that the fed's going to do and it's just too far in the future to really see where inflation's going to be a year from now or where gdp growth is going to be
1: great thank you ken and and just really quickly on comments as we wind up there has been a, a fair amount of disparity between say for example us equities and emerging markets equities um, and, and on a day-to-day basis, differences between value versus growth, do you expect to continue to see that disparity between um, different uh, asset classes within, within equities and different styles as well?
0: So it's, it's always a tough question. And as you know, at, at Greece, we always recommend um, a diversified portfolio, including international stocks, including value stocks, including growth stocks, ironically, year to date. Growth and value are actually somewhat closer uh, than people would think. You know, growth had a big run at one point, and value had a big run, and now value is catching up a little bit. Typically, when the when interest rates rise, that's very good for cyclical stocks relative to growth stocks, and we are seeing them meaningfully outperform right now. But you know, some of the growth stocks out there are just such fantastic companies with such high profit margins; they also deserve a place in a long-term portfolio. You know, in terms of international the valuation discrepancy between emerging markets and developed non-U.S. markets versus the U.S. markets is almost at all time wides, And we do think Europe specifically, and we have referenced this in the past, is due for a good cyclical catch-up. I mean, a lot of what's gone on is very helpful to their markets. You know, their COVID vaccination rates are higher than ours and they are seeing a strong cyclical recovery. And, you know, quite candidly, China is a bit messy. But we do expect non-China emerging markets to, to have a nice rebound as, as we kind of get out of this COVID situation over the next, you know, hopefully sooner, but three, three to six months or so.
1: Great. Thanks, Ken. And, and I guess the message here, bottom line is, yes, volatility, you helped us to understand some of the reasons behind the volatility and weakness in September. But given the Greece Financial Partners investment approach of always being aware of risk um, a well-diversified portfolio and protecting downside we, we view in terms of of generating uh, uh, appropriate risk return. We see the, the, the future as, as a, a pretty uh, clear path in terms of how we navigate client portfolios. Anything you'd add to that notion?
0: Yeah, first of all, I think that's correct. But I would also say, you know, and we have said this in the past, we do think returns going forward are going to be lower, right? Interest rates are on the rise. Valuations are high and GDP growth is going to decelerate going forward. Obviously, you know we're somewhere between 45 and 6% this year. We're not going to be anywhere near that next year, and we'll be even lower that the year after. We still are positive on risk assets, but as you know, in our portfolios, we're always looking to find special situations where the return per unit of risk is very high. And fortunately, we've been able to find a lot of those, and we think going forward, these quote-unquote special situations that are in our portfolios are going to be very helpful as returns moderate a little bit and volatility and risk in the overall market goes up.
1: Yes. And and I think you and your team have identified a really attractive pipeline of those types of investments to navigate what we would call a, uh, a unique uh, market environment right now. Thank you, Ken. And, and thank you everyone for listening. This has been the Greece financial partners podcast. We look forward to being in touch soon. Don't hesitate to reach out to your client advisor or to Ken or I or anybody on the investment team to follow up with more questions. We're always happy to provide more detail. Thanks very much.